Well, then you intro it. This guy. <laughs> I just don't want you to look goofy. Right goofy. there, I think you find your intro. Hi, welcome back to Not So Southern Children. I'm Ricky. And I'm Sean. This week, for the first time ever, it only took us 79 episodes, but we bring in Chris Vint. Hello, gentlemen. And I'm Chris. Sorry, I should say. I really wanted to say that. I was going, like, hi, I'm Ricky, and I'm Sean. I was like, I want to say it, and I'm Chris, but I couldn't. I was hoping you would. <laughs> I didn't want to spoil the surprise, you see, and take it all away. So, uh, yes, thank you both very much for inviting me, the first of, I'm sure, many people to appear on your fine podcast. And uh, just thank you for extending the invitation to myself. It's very much appreciated. Well, let's talk about how far we extended it. You're across the pond. Yes, I'm in Northern Ireland. I'm near where uh, Stevie Robinson lives, so he's probably listening. So, hi, Stevie, as I wave to my monitor and he can't see, so that's even better. Uh, so, yeah, I'm across the pond, and it is now half one in the afternoon, and probably about half eight or something for you gentlemen it in is the morning. 7.30 yeah. a.m., Arkansas Standard Time here. That just shows you how dedicated they are to their podcast. This is awesome, man. I'm so excited to finally have a guest. The The fact that we're able to pull this off, you know, with all the time differences and everything, this is just super excited. So, dude, you're you're coming back into podcasting after some time off, right? Yeah. Um, I've, as Sean knows, and Ricky, to some extent, that I'm a huge advocate for a human and the Master of the Universe. I did a podcast called Master of the Universe Chronicles, which I'm bringing back into the Operation Retroshock podcast feed, which was another podcast that I used to do. And I also used to do another podcast called What the Shell to do with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I've had many fingers and many pies get your minds out of the gutter that's not what i mean um but yeah so just like different podcasts and you know i wrote a blog um to do a podcast and i kind of wanted me to get back in i didn't have the equipment to do it my laptop was in fact this microphone that i'm using now is the exact same one that i use for all of my podcasts and it still works which i am totally shocked with uh, so thanks microsoft um so yeah i'm just excited to appear on some podcasts and and then hopefully start my own podcast back up again and would obviously like to extend the invitation to you guys to come on my show whenever I get it back up and running again. Absolutely. We'd be happy to do it. Well, I I can speak for myself. I'd be happy to do it. Sean over there is kind of grumpy, so. Hey, hey, I'm always ready, man. I'm just pumped. It's a great morning, dude. I'm good. I'm good. So, Chris, um, a little background on you. What, What is your collecting experience i mean what is what is your what are you going after currently no i've had so many collecting things where i've collected he-man figures i've collected comic books comic books is sort of the easiest thing to collect you know like i went off after a lot of uncanny x-men and a walking dead and i kind of put in my thing towards teenage mutant ninja turtles like the the kind of idw run because the the classic mirage ones the prices that are scary but uh, i do go to a lot of conventions so i guess autographs and photographs with celebrities would be kind of my collecting um passion um at the moment okay was there any any holy grails you're after that one thing if you could find today you would snatch up and maybe trample uh, some <sighs> other person for Oh, there's, there's so many. I mean, that's just that's that's asking a father. You know, who's your favorite child? I'd be like, uh, you know, like I would love to get uh, original turtles, like the original four comics. Like I have the, um, the Raphael micro series, which is the first appearance of Casey Jones, which is signed by Kevin Eastman. Um, so you know, like that's one of my. And then my good friend Mike Lacey has given me many of a holy grail, like, you know, uh, Incredible Hulk 180 graded the He-Man and Master Universe versus, you know, Superman and He-Man on the cover. Oh, yeah. That there, you know, like uh, the amazing Spider-Man 122, which is, you know, the death of the Green Goblin. So I have been very fortunate to pick up a lot of grails. But, yeah, I mean, just to meet... um, to meet David Tennant and to get something signed by David Tennant, he is my the one guy that I would love 
to meet. He's at the top of the list and he's somebody that I would really like to meet. So to meet him and to get something signed and personalized by him would probably be an achievable holy grail for me. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, just a favorite doctor. Everything he does is, is great. Like the Purple Man, Jessica Jones, he was absolutely great. I would absolutely try to get to a convention he was at. Love that guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. he's the, he's the reason I started watching Doctor Who. If he wasn't in Doctor Who, I probably wouldn't watch it. I remember reading about it in our local tabloid newspaper and going, oh, "I'll give it a go." And it was, School Reunion was the first episode I watched because Anthony Head, who played Giles and Buffy, you know, like so, mm-hmm. so I recognise him at least. And uh, that's one of my favourite episodes, followed by Girl in the Fireplace, um, would be another one. Oh man, I, I just wish we could. Uh... Uh, all watch Doctor Who together in the same room. It would be so much fun. Now that's... I, I, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, you know, when it comes to Doctor Who, David Tennant's probably the reason I, I watch Doctor Who as well. The The fact that when they brought it back, uh, I'd never watched anything, really the older stuff, just a little bit. And our friend Matt and then Ricky... We're just like, you have to watch it for this guy, David Tennant. You, you have to watch. And I started watching, I think, during the David Tennant era is when I started watching. But but for me, I I love Matt Smith. I, I freaking just... Here we go. I don't know what it is. I, see, <laughs> and then here's Ricky coming in with the comments. Oh, here we go. I just like... Uh, trust me, I love David Tennant. He brought me into the fold of the Doctor Who... But see, I love Christopher Eccleston. I have no problems with him either. Well, here, my, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm an old Doctor Who fan, of course. You know, I, li- I live and die by uh, Tom Baker, yeah, <laughs> uh, from back in the day. <laughs> you know, hiding, hiding. Even in America, we hid behind the couch watching Doctor Who. I heard the series started up. I was like, oh God, what are they doing? It left a bad taste in my mouth whenever, you know, because. Uh, that classic thing about Doctor Who is losing your doctor. And mm-hmm. I lost my doctor to, um, you know, number number Peter five, Davidson. Peter Davidson, which at the time I didn't care for. You know, he, he dressed goofy and I didn't like the guy's look and he had the wa- wafty hair. I, you know, just it, it, it was that classic I lost my doctor syndrome. So it left a bad taste in my mouth. And then I watched... Like the first Christmas episode, the Christmas episode of David Tennant's, where he 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 regenerates, oh. and I was I was in from day one. I mean, and I've went back. The new series is absolutely wonderful. I have uh, Christopher Eccleston. I I hate that he did not come back for the special, just because yeah. I loved his. I mean, and to that point, I mean, his doctor is absolutely spot on perfect acting as as that character i mean defining what we know about that role um what we know about the doctor at that point just uh, amazing um and i hate that we I, i'm love that we got john hurt but i hate that we didn't have christopher Eccleston. yeah the only thing we kind of got is christopher Eccleston's eyes whenever john hurt's kind of regenerating into him yeah but heck, if, if they got Tom Baker to come back for that special, I thought they would have got Eccleston to come back. But, but I think he's just too big for his bridges, sadly. So so you think it's on Eccleston's end? Oh, yeah. I think it's up to him. I think they probably would have reached out to him, you know, like they would have done every person that, you know, that, that they could have done, you know. Um, but... Uh, I just don't think that I think that that's something very much like Paul Dini, who obviously writes a lot of Batman stuff and does a lot for the Batman community. Obviously, he started in writing episodes of He-Man, but he doesn't embrace that like at all, you know. And you find that some people will do something about like, well, kind of just, you know, maybe he wants to be more recognized as the the wood lover from Gone in sixty seconds. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I do love him in Gone in 60 Seconds as well. Yeah, that was the first place I saw him. Yeah, same here. Oh, so we got a trailer this week. I don't know how to explain it. It was amazing. I mean, do do we want to jump right into Star Wars? Uh, Do you want to overhype it already? Uh... (sighs) Yes, 
it deserves it. It is up there with the hype. I don't think it's overhype. I think the, if I was to talk of an entire podcast about it, it wouldn't be overhype. Hmm. <laughs> All right. So, so Chris, as the as the new the new voice, the outside voice, what what do you bring? What would you say the new Star Wars trailer brought to the table? Uh. Everything and nothing. It brought a hell of a lot of speculation. We've seen trailers before. Look at Rogue One, you know, and you see Jin going down the plank of the big TIE fighter coming up. So you're in the cinema and you watch that and you're like, oh, where's the TIE fighter? They have a habit of giving us a lot of red herrings, a lot of, you know, like you look at the Force Awakens one and Finn has a lightsaber and you watch the film and spoiler alert, Finn's not the one for the with the lightsaber who can use it, it's Ray. So they have a way of piecing things together and then not really delivering that. Like I don't think that the part where Kylo Ren is in his ship, what he does affects Leia in any way. I have a funny feeling that in the trailer before that whenever Poe is running to his X-Wing and that blows up, I have a funny feeling that's the ship that gets blown up, not hers. I think they kind of I think they're kind of trying to give you so much and then in the cinema kind of will take it away but make it all that much better. Oh, You yeah. know, because like you know, there's even the part where Kylo says about destroying the past, and then it kind of pans very suddenly pans to Leia, but at the same time he smashes his helmet off the wall, and then the wall, you know, like then obviously I think he'll not have his helmet anymore. So whether he he's wanting to move on and embrace being Kylo Ren and sh- showing his uh, his battle scars, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of speculation that uh, he's actually referring to Vader in his past because he finds that Vader turned to the to the light side again. Mm, right. but, I didn't but, even think about that. But to speak to what you were talking about, yeah, for sure that's not the same scene because uh, me and Sean were talking about it. And, of course, when Leia is staring off in the distance, everybody in the background is just muddling around like they're making coffee. And then, of course, there's this Kylo Ren's intense shot of, I'm going to kill everybody. It could be something to do with whether Rey or Luke do something and she feels the force in that. Whether Luke says, I don't want to train you anymore, you know, to Rey. You know, like whenever he says, like, I've seen this power once before. It didn't scare me then, but it does now. Maybe it's like, here, you crack my floor get out um you know but it's it could be a case of that because obviously we see her and ray hug at the end of force awakens so there's a bond there and that could be whenever she feels luke or you know she wants to go and see luke because i really hope that in this film we see luke and leia together because if we don't we're not going to ever see that again we're never going to see han luke and leia and chewie together we could mm-hmm. see Luke and Chewie, but will we ever see Luke and Leia together again? That's something that I really hope happens in this film. Mm-hmm. Oh, same here. I, I've been thinking about that. I was like, come on. We need to see Luke and Leia together at least one more time. It, but but you brought up another weird point. Do you think it's strange that the, at the end of Force Awakens that Leia and Rey hug and Chewie just trucks right on by? Oh, the director already said that was a mistake. JJ said that was a mistake. He, he... Yeah, because that's wherever Finn's getting. He's got like his his uh, whoopsie on his back, um, yeah. and then they take him away. Um, I think that's why. Yeah, uh, JJ came out and said he he should have had a, a more tender moment between her and Chewie. I always thought that was weird. Okay, I did not know that uh, JJ had addressed that. So that'll be cool. But one thing I did want to <clears throat> talk about is okay. So we know. It could not be a thing. But at the end of the trailer, Kylo, of course, offers a hand to Rey, or it appears so. How do we feel about the idea of that? That at the end of this movie, Rey is leaving with Kylo Ren? I, th- I think that's a probably a good possibility. I mean, it is called The Last Jedi. Maybe that would lead the, the title a little more, that Luke's the last one left, that Luke has to somehow come up with something to bring balance to the force or whatever have you. I, I don't know. I, I think it could happen. It would be definitely interesting. What if those two were to team up, but they are the good ones and Luke is the bad one? Ooh. 
There's a lot of speculation because of Luke being in the in Vertigo's Vader position on the posters, you know, like and he's wearing a lot of black and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So what's to say that you know these two kind of align because they've both kind of been trained by Luke and they've both kind of went their separate ways. Whether Ray gets tricked by Snoke in that scene wherever she's getting tortured and you know fulfill your destiny is said. So I have a funny feeling that Luke is going to be the bad one and then, you know, and then those two kind of team up for that. Again, this is like wrestling. is like you could talk about this and that till you're blue in the face and none of the things you say. And obviously we are recording this, so we have it on record. Uh, and then none of this could actually happen. But that's the fun part is speculating about what is going to happen and what could happen. But but see, that, that brings up a good point that maybe Luke's the bad one. And I was speaking to my wife and she's like, well, how, why would that happen? I said, because he says, this didn't scare me before, but it scares me now. So uh, fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to the dark side. So, I mean, if he's afraid of something, why, why wouldn't it be a path down, you know, somewhere he shouldn't be going? This all uh, is, is great, but what about the idea that Luke is abolishing the Jedi, that he's moving toward the middle, that it's the proper place is a gray Je- uh, not gray Jedi, but of course a uh, they just introduced the idea in Star Wars Rebels of the neutral Jedi, quote unquote, that, that balances both the light and the dark side, that this is going to be coming to effect in this movie. That's the new way that Luke is talking about. That would be cool. Yeah, there's, there's so many things, you know, like just like the ideas just swirl around your head, you know, like, and, you know, it's just, it's just fun to think about. Like, I've already booked my tickets for the midnight. As soon as they went on sale, I was like, yep, the midnight showing, probably go to the afternoon showing. Probably watch it about five or six times as the norm with Star Wars movies in the cinema because you want to have that epicness but there's nothing like sitting down and then just watching the star wars movie for the first time you know and that's the fun thing is that since well 2005 was revenge of the sith and then we had to wait a good 10 odd years for us to get a new one and now we're getting one every year and it's like yay it's our christmas for star wars fans well here's a question since since we've got two years under us now how does The Force Awakens land on you now? Like, how many times have you watched it? Is it does it does it hold up for you? As do you put it with those old movies, or or what's going on with The Force Awakens right now? Oh, I would. I, I love The Force Awakens. In fact, I actually one of the best things about The Force Awakens is the documentary that comes with it. If you have not watched that, I highly, highly recommend it. It o- opens up so many um, you know, like just Harrison Ford and Gwendolyn Christie talking about their roles and stuff, and it's just amazing. But I would probably say my favourite Star Wars movie is Return of the Jedi, followed by Revenge of the Sith, followed by The Force Awakens, followed by Empire Strikes Back. Nice. John. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I- I'm just amazed at his order. I... That that's just crazy. I don't know. Uh, it just seems so different than you know, the the order in which my favorites would end up being. It's just fun to see the differences. Um, Force Awakens. I I ended up actually yesterday, Rick. We ended up watching Force Awakens rather than watching A New Hope. I almost did. Too. So so <laughs> so so uh, Force Awakens is still very good in my eyes. There are parts where. I find myself, you know, the first few times I watched it, I would be like glued to my chair. I'm like, I'm not moving. This isn't, you know, I'm not being distracted by this. I'm not being distracted by that. And when I rewatch it now, I can, you know, I can get up, I can get a drink, I can get a snack, I can sit down and chill watching it because there's a lot that I know by heart already so it's fine with me i don't know if i put it on the same level as the the grand trilogy you know the four five six uh but it it's something different i i don't think it'll ever be on that level because those are like you know have a special place in my heart so but it's definitely not it's totally different than the where I would place the prequels, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I still 
still enjoy Force Awakens very, very much. Awesome. What about yeah, you, Rick? Oh, I, I do as well. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, there are parts where you go, well, okay, yeah. <laughs> and there is the complaint about it being rehash, which, you know, there's there's story elements that are borrowed. That's fine. Completely fine. It, it needed to happen. You needed you needed that rebootish feeling to it. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about is uh, Harrison Ford. Now, of course, Harrison Ford is now somehow redoing all of his roles. Um, his role in Force Awakens surprised me so much because he just stepped right back into Han Solo. I mean, that was Han Solo. It wasn't old Harrison Ford on the screen. It was older Han Solo. Uh, it was a great performance. And uh, from what I've heard, the new Blade Runner movie, it, he, he may get an Oscar for Best Supporting oh, Actor, which I have need not, to make it out. I have not seen Blade Runner, but every person I know, and I know it hasn't done well at the box office, but every person I've heard talk about this movie can't stop talking about how good it is and the performances are and the questions it raises and how it's an absolute uh, perfect sequel to Blade Runner. I, mm, I need to watch this movie. I know. I, I'm disappointed in myself that I haven't made it out there, especially as big a Blade Runner fan as I am. The The fact that I haven't been able to make it for the first two weeks that it's been in the theaters, but I, I just can't. It, it, there's just too much going on right now to take time out and go see it. Now, Chris, tell or... the, I was going to say tell out the Kanji Club. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Now, are you a fan of Blade Runner? I haven't watched the original Blade Runner, so I'm not really oh, that hyped to go and see don't, the sequel. Don't feel bad there, because until very oh, recently, right. of course, I hadn't seen the entire movie, which Sean will be happy to remind me any time of day. Well, um, Sean will be doubling not happy then. Yes. <laughs> um, moving on to other trailers, uh, we got Stranger Things, number two. Oh, oh. oh. Oh, I'm so, so much, ready. There's so much goodness coming at the end of this month between Super Mario Odyssey, Thor Ragnarok, Stranger Things. Uh, it's just, oh, it's like, oh, October. I saw it Halloween again. <laughs> just like all these three, three things. So good. Yeah, Stranger yes, Things may it, be a one day. <laughs> it may be. I'm yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm already planning on, uh, I have another reason I'm having to take off work on that day, but that will be the day that it's going to be a straight-up binge fest. I cannot wait to see this. This trailer just... Everything just harkens back to, you know, that original season and all the wonderfulness that was in it. The fact that we get to see Eleven, finally. I was just like, there's Eleven with hair. That's kind of strange. I like it. All right. Oh, there's Hop, you know? I mean, just... There's so much greatness in this trailer and there's so many awesome things that could come about in this season too I, i'm just super excited for this this is going to be an incredible incredible season yeah i mean it combines two of the things i love the most halloween and like 80s <laughs> i mean i don't know yes. first of all the the entire first season was wrapped around this john carpenter-esque theme with uh goonies and and uh yeah. et e and then this, they've added Halloween to it. I'm great. I'm I'm good. Give it to me. That's like every time so you know you ask somebody if you watch Ginger Things. No, have you seen the film The Goonies? Yeah. Do you like The Goonies? Yeah. Watch this then. I remember that I was going out with a friend, and he texted me and said, "I'll pick you up in about twenty minutes." And I just got to the, like the last episode, and I went, and I've never ever ever done this and i went can you make it an hour it's just I, i'm watching a tv show and i just need to see how, because i'd watched like the first like you know the way you hear something's really good and you're like nah. normally you hear something's good and it's either really good or it's really really not good and the first four episodes i was like okay and then once i got on the episode five then it was five six, six and i just kept going and going and i was like can you just leave it until i finish watching this and i'll be ready okay thanks and then he went like so did you finish went, oh my god it was so good it's like if you watch it no you need to watch it and then you're just like on the hype train and that's what i'm on now it's just like after the star wars trailer and this trailer and the thor trailers and it's like oh my goodness i am set for a while well let's talk one more trailer and this this is totally me 
I'm the only one I know that's so excited for this. The new mutants. I, I, I think. I think. I think you're sharing that hype, man, because I watched it, and you know, when you brought this up that we were getting a new mutants trailer, and you told me the storyline, you know, you were able to pick all this stuff up, and then when I seen the trailer, I was like, oh, oh, this is gonna be good. Rick's right. This is going to be really good. This doesn't have the feel of a superhero film at all. There, there. I got zero feeling of check it out. Here's that you know that Marvel logo that we get to see before any Marvel movie, and you see that you don't get that feeling at all in this trailer. Yet, you know some superhero stuff is going to happen. I'm pumped for this. This looks really good. Yeah, I mean, this is a straight-up horror movie. Was, I, yeah, that's one reason why I did not like it. I'm not a fan of horror movies, like, at all. And I know this is sacrilege coming up to Halloween, and people are going, like, oh, and, like, it, the movie, does not interest me. I've never been a fan of horror movies whatsoever, <sighs> whatsoever. Uh, this will probably be the only time I appear in this podcast now as Ricky just... No, no, that, that no, was no, me no, having you? a hard time. I apologize, Ricky. <laughs> no, I'm just not a fan of horror movies at, at all. I never have been. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, I watched this trailer and I was like, you know, like as I've always said, we're all different. We all have different tastes. And it's just, unfortunately, it's just not for me. No, that's wow. that's fine. You know, I'm, I that's mean, fine. as long as you yeah. don't, as long as you don't like horror movies, and then go, oh, this looked like crap, <laughs> then nope, then nope. we would have a problem. No, no, no. Oh, that, no, that's completely I, understable. You but, know, that's the thing is that you have to respect. Everyone likes something different, and you have to respect what they like, and they have to respect what you like. You know, if they start poo pooing what you like, and you're like, oh my god, Star Wars, <laughs> the worst thing ever. But like, okay, get your face out of my life. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Rick, um, since you know the characters, the uh, the the kid from Stranger Things, what character is he playing right there? He's playing Cannonball. Uh, who is uh, Sam, Samuel? Gustav. He is Cannonball. Yes, he's the one from Kentucky. Yeah, um, he's of course you see his arm in a sling. Uh, his origin is right? is like his family and his father work in a coal mine, which is shown in the trailer. There's there's a coal mine collapse, and he he first manifests his power, saving the, uh, his father and. Or maybe his father died, but he sa he saved other people, and that's where that broken arm is coming from. Um, and then, of course, we see magic in the trailer. The little blonde girl, uh, Ileana Rasputin. Right. Uh, um, we see uh, Mirage, I believe, in there, and I think um, they had Samuel DaCosta, uh, Sunspot, which we've already seen a Sunspot in X Men: Days of Future Past. And I can, Rain, of course, now Maisie Williams is playing Rain, Rain, what is her last name? But anyway, Wolfsbane. And now we don't see any power, which very, very odd about the trailer, which I think is, is brilliant, is showing how all the horror elements of this movie and no mutant powers are shown other than, of course, the, the guy in the dryer, whatever that was. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is based on the Demon Bear saga, in in the first New Mutants run, and the fact that they treated it like, uh, and I read I read something about the trailer. Uh, the director Josh Boone was talking about how most of this movie is completely practical effects, like the the things coming out of the wall. Those are like rubber walls mm -hmm. with people behind them, just like in Freddy. Like he referenced, he f mm -hmm. he he found out how they did that, and he he did that in that movie. Um, so I think this is going to be absolutely great. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be in the theater watching this. Oh yeah, I'll probably be. I, I'd like this to be one that we uh, try to coordinate and see together because when we step out, obviously I'm going. I haven't read the series, so I want that fresh take of. All right, Rick, what what'd you think? What they get right? What they get wrong? And are we gonna get more? Because it. It looks like it could be something totally different, you know? Even if you go the Marvel versus DC, they've all had the same somewhat feel to them. And this movie just looks like it's out of left field. Well, and I'm pumped for it. Not too much, because I'm excited about what they're doing here. Now, what 
has been successful for Marvel has been the start of the, the genre within genre films. And the first one that sticks out in my head is uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, which was a 70s spy thriller told with superheroes. You know, mm-hmm. and just like Ant-Man, which is a, a heist film told with superheroes. This is Fox doing a horror movie told with superheroes. So, mm, you're kind of you're kind of speaking to what I need. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and and for me, who is a, a big fan of horror, you know, I, I think the majority of the collection of the movies I own are more I have more horrible horror films than I have great superhero films. I mean, I I just collect tons of horror films left and right. So the fact that I get to combine the two really really excites me and uh it's cool that I got somebody <clears throat> partnered here that uh knows the story and can tell me what they got right and what they got wrong when uh we finally get to see it. Now if we're moving on from New Mutants, you yeah, had we're, mentioned we're getting Fox. Out of the, yeah, we're getting out of the trailer park. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, one of the best shows ever made, Batman the Animated Series, is coming to Blu-ray. Now, how excited are all of you for this? You go first, Ricky. <laughs> the fact that they're going back and putting this on Blu-ray. I mean, if you go watch, like, on... Amazon or Hulu right now. I don't remember which one it's on, but it's 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 not a good transfer. It's it's very foggy, um, grainy. To to get a beautiful copy of this restored would be a dream. I mean, the, uh, I I can't speak to how how much I love Batman the Animated Series. And don't get me wrong, not not every episode knocks it out of the park. I mean, that's that's I can't wear rose-colored glasses and, and talk about the show, but so much good came from it. I mean, the rest of the uh, Bruce Tim animated series that came after. I mean, just the it, it's kind of another watershed. For, I mean, you have your Frank Miller Batman, you have your Neil Adams Batman, and you kind of have your Bruce Tim Batman. I mean, that's that is a thing, uh, to me anyway. I don't know. How do y'all feel about it? I think that with this, you know, like obviously with uh, um, the '66 version of it, and then that coming out on Blu-ray, I think because that went down so well, I think that's why they've maybe decided to do it with this. And obviously, whenever you mention Batman the animated series, a lot of people just mention two words or three words: Mark Hamill, Joker. You know. The- that's the big thing. I've got to admit, I've watched one or two episodes, but it'd be great to get this on Blu-ray and watch it from start to finish. You know, like it ran for, what, three three or four years, something around, around that, um, from what I remember anyway. But, um, yeah, just to, you know, I love collecting older cartoons. You know, like that's something that I have my back of my wall or you see my YouTube videos, etc. So to get that and to sit down and kind of, you know, watch episodes, and they go, oh, that's an episode I remember, you know, like, or that one's one I remember, so it'd be good to go back and see that, and obviously with them releasing so much new Batman animated stuff, like the, um, what was the one to do, oh, the, the Killing Joke one, for example, which, in my mm-hmm. opinion, should have stayed true to the comic book and not had the whole Batman and freaking you know, love yeah. affair and all that kind of stuff, but that's yeah, yeah, yeah. another story for another time. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. Uh, it just really depends on what the price is for it. That's the big thing. Yeah, the the price will be. I, I'm guessing uh, for me, I'm guessing in America, we're we're probably looking at fifty. Is my guess. <clears throat> yeah, about um, that 50, but, 60, Yeah. But but I have a question for you, Chris, because the the differences in I don't know, TV structure or anything. This series came out to where when I would come home from school, I'm getting off the bus, I would sprint into the house and turn on the TV, and this would just be coming on. Uh, Batman was first, and then X-Men animated series was directly after that. D- did you have uh, cartoons that would were specifically timed for 
when you would come home from school and stuff that you would watch right after school or before school. I, I just don't know these things. Do you, did you, <laughs> did you have a like TV over there? Do they have radio? <sighs> That's yeah, we not have... what I'm asking. <laughs> you know that. My we God. have we have TV in my land, so we do. <laughs> nice. Um, oh. You know, I'm next year. I'm I'm forty. So like, you know, my what I watch you're, when I get home from school. You're. I was just saying you're you're directly in between me and Ricky. All right. Okay. Well, my what I watched. You know, whenever I came back from school was a lot different. You know, like I would have, you know, I think I would have the likes of He-Man and Thunder. I, I remember one specifically, which was a TV show called Nightmare, um, which was basically a guy with like a helmet on. And he was kind of directed by these other people and like almost like like a kind of computer generated room. You know, like, but have a look on YouTube. You'll see what I mean. It's now with the K, and it's dreadful looking now. But that's one thing I remember. So I don't really remember watching that. So what would I have been? Maybe about fourteen, fifteen when that came out. So I maybe round about you know like satellite, you know like cable, so to speak. And um, would it be more prevalent then? So it's probably in one of those channels rather than beyond the likes of, you know, over here, BBC or ITV were the big um, two, very much like your NBC and all that jazz. I only know NBC really from 30 Rock, um, <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, I, I don't remember watching it on that. It may have been like even picking up like a DVD or something like that and watching it that way. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, TV, I've always said that, you know, the TV that kids watch nowadays I really wish that they could watch what we watched whenever we were young, um, rather than the crap that they have to go through nowadays. Oh my God, I could not agree with you more. Uh, that the fact that I have I have a two year old, I'm sure Ricky can agree as well. Uh, it, it's just not as good. The the every chance I get to flip a channel, the He Man is on Amazon Prime, I believe, right now, and uh, my son was. You know, wanting to watch something new the other day, and we had finished a show, and I was like, <clears throat> Let, "Let's watch this!" And I throw on He Man, and it was awesome because he stayed, you know, attentive for maybe one episode, and then he got down out of the chair and started walking away. And I was like, "No, hey, walk back. away! Get over here! Please, yeah, yeah, yeah! Please come back! I want your attention to stay on this, mainly because I want to stay in the room and keep watching He Man." <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, there is some good stuff on TV these days. It's just hard to pick those gems out now with the, so much content out there. I mean, the the 2000X He-Man that came out, it was a really, really great show. I, I loved it myself. Uh, Chris, I, I think I could speak for you saying you loved it, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I just, yeah, there's uh, a, a discussion about that coming up in the Master Universe Chronicles from uh a couple of years ago so hopefully ricky you'll enjoy that but yeah that's one of my favorite um shows and i've actually been working my way through that um as well awesome. uh, but yeah it's just one of my favorite shows and so much superior to the thundercats reboot that came out oh um, i was about to mention that i liked the thundercats reboot i uh. liked it but in comparison to mike young productions he and it kind of failed in comparison, in my opinion. And the mm -hmm. Turtles obviously was great by Nickelodeon, but I think they're—I think they kind of ran that in the ground and kind of—I was really a big fan of that at the start, and then it kind of—they took so many breaks, and I was like, I never knew which episode was what, and, yeah. and then I lost my way, and I was like, I haven't really watched it since but the first season i really enjoyed yeah i got you there the other i haven't watched it in a very long time my son was keeping up with it but the other day i walked into walmart and there was a usagi yojimbo figure with a horse i was like what what they've got oh. what <laughs> usagi's in it that's awesome you had an usagi yojimbo in your walmart yeah yeah dude you you should have picked that you should have picked that up and thrown it on a toy collector site and you would have sold it in like five minutes well, I'm not even joking. Those things are collected like crazy. Well, now th they, there's two. I, I've seen the Usagi Yojimbo carded figure, but there's there was a new one that was a. Uh, uh, it came with a horse he could ride, and it was him in samurai armor with a samurai helmet. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I like that. 
Um, and I also did want to mention uh, the new Transformer, not the current Transformer series, but Transformers Prime was a really great show. Uh, Peter Cullen and, and uh, um, Frank Welker came back for that. Uh, and I, it was really well done. Um, you know, there there is good stuff out there. Like I said, it's hard to find, though. Um, <clears throat> I did want to mention, we, we had some Star Wars talked, and I watched a Star Wars-related video, which was pretty cool. And it was the guys over at Tested, which, Sean, I know you like. And, and Now, ha, uh, Chris, did you ever watch um, Mythbusters and, and Adam? Do you, how do you feel about Adam Savage? Uh, I have no idea who Adam Savage okay. is. Okay, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> sorry. That, no, 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 that's okay. I came really prepared for this podcast, folks. Yeah. I told you to no, read no, the no. notes. Oh. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the uh, uh, Adam Savage, of course, uh, has is paired with this company called Tested, uh, and they did a Star Wars Battlefront to uh, tie, uh, tie fighter pilot helmet, uh, and presented it to the the. Uh, woman who does the voice of the main actor of course now Battlefront 2 has this whole uh, the big thing about it is it has a story it's uh, got a single player mode that they're really because the first one they were really slammed for not having that so they put an emphasis on this it better be good and they have this story and the main character is this female TIE fighter pilot and they gave her the helmet, and she wigged out. It, it, it was a really great video, and I thought it was neat. And I would suggest that y'all y'all give it a watch sometime. And, and I just love, uh, since I recently got a Stormtrooper helmet, I thought it was neat. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'll definitely need to check out this video. I haven't seen this particular one yet. Uh, I do like the guys over at Tested. They do great stuff. And I really hope the Battlefront 2 storyline is amazing. Uh, I know there was a beta last week that was going on. I did ooh, not have ooh. a chance to download. What you got, I, Chris? I can play. I could talk because I played the beta. Really? Oh, well, yeah, what do you think? How, how did the beta look compared? Did you play the original? Oh, yeah. I've The original one is one that I still play and on. I think I've clocked maybe two, something like two, three hundred odd hours into that since it first came out. Uh, funny story, I actually won my copy of, from the, of the Xbox version from Dave Prize, of all people, on Twitter. Um, so I got that in the season pass and everything for free. Um, so that's... And then I play with my good friend Dave online. Um, it's very different. Um, you do have different classes. You have assault, um, heavy, officer, and then... Um, I can't remember what the other one was, kind of like a sniper kind of thing. But it's very, very, the graphics in it are outstanding. Um, I know, like, at the start, um, when I unveiled this, one of the tweets that came up to EA was from John Boyega themselves and said, like, why doesn't Star Wars Battlefront have a, a story mode? And he's, like, in the trailers, he's talking about that, you know, like, and there is, like, the. You have like um, a couple of modes. You have like the um, assault on Thede, which is kind of like the from episode one, wherever you're trying to uh, get into the throne room and claim the throne room. Um, so either you're going to be the rebels or the the empire trying to claim that. Um, you have a mission called Strike, where you're in Maz, uh, Maz's castle, and you have to try and grab something and then take it to extraction point. So very much like capture the flag. But you also had a mode where you were able to view the intro for the story mode and my god the graphics in this are insanely gorgeous um you see the main character whose name i can't remember but she is talking to her father and her father says well before we knew that what was transpiring in the second death star this happened i kind of paraphrasing here but then there's like a and if you played mass effect before Yes. Yeah, it very much it looks like Tally, so it kind of has like the the kind of like a helmet thing, and the the okay. emperor is kind of in you know the emperor is kind of like almost a hologram in that, and he's kind of just you know demanding what gets done, and he, he tells her to go and do this, so that's obviously how it starts. But I know Paul Blackthorne, who plays um, Detective Lance and Arrow, did motion capture and is in the game as well um from a certain trailer that i watched but i am this is one game that i am super super excited for and all the download content for it is free you don't need to pay for season passes or anything the 
only thing is Ooh. like a lot of games is that it will have microtransactions so if you want to buy like um crates and things like that to boost your character you know you'll get some from experience points but you will have ones that you can pay for but having okay. everything like you got to see if you watch the latest trailer from it you see like um the amount of maps that were on it were maybe about 16 in the original one and this has like a bar like about five times as long and it's it awesome looks, it just looks incredible so it does so nice see you you were you were selling me on it you were selling me on it and, and i almost bought it uh, do you get the feeling from you know just what little you play to the beta are the pay-to-win players going to be able to dominate those that refuse to buy anything? Oh, I think so. Yeah, because you're still going to have you still have your cards, you know, like so you'll have your, like your grenades, like say the assault one will have like an assault, uh, you know, like a, like I had a big massive Gatling gun kind of thing, and then you right. have like a sh- you'll have like a shield say where you can kind of protect yourself or other ones behind you. Um, so I think so. But it just depends on, you know, how much. Like, you, you could probably spend, like, say, $10. You could get something really good. You could get something really crappy. You know, like, but that's the thing. is like EA, have, they get something like $700 million a year from FIFA Ultimate Team Points. You know, like, so that's probably right. why they're doing this is because this is a huge franchise. If any of you play, like, the Star Wars um, card trader, you notice that a lot of things went from coins that you got for free to diamonds that you have to pay for. And that mm-hmm. seems to be the growing trend, is especially now with Star Wars being as big a franchise as it always is, but even bigger with new movies and new people going into it and things. I think that's why they've kind of decided to go down this avenue. But, you know, like, I'll go on, I'll play a couple of matches if it gets something great, if it don't, but it's the enjoyment of playing it, you know, like, and that's the thing, is that if you have a good team with you, then... You can c- right. accomplish anything. Yay. Well, are are you going to get this for uh, PlayStation, or are you going to keep it going on Xbox? Probably keep it going on Xbox. So I will. Oh, I may. I may. I may. Uh, with the first one, you know, like because I have Xbox Live up until like 2020, I don't currently have right. PlayStation Plus. Uh, and at okay. the minute, it's like £50 for like a year membership. That mm-hmm. could kind of buy me another game rather than buying an online membership. So, yeah, yeah, just go out, Sean, and get an Xbox instead. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> I finally pulled that Xbox Band-Aid off, and and I, I no longer have it. And so, uh, but you I'll still have that HDD it. drive. <laughs> oh yes, my yes. lord! <laughs> hey, I have the HDD drive along with. I think it's 23 uh, HD movies, uh, some of which were <clears throat> pretty pricey. But yeah, Rick likes to give me crap because I was fully I, I, in my head. I was like, I think I think Microsoft's gonna win this. I'm gonna I'm gonna invest my money here, and then I ended up having to turn around and buy a PS3 because Blu-ray won. I was like, oh, what am I gonna do? And I still have it to this day. Oh my goodness! All right, fellas. Um, you want to move on to let, local hall? Local hall. Let, let's see. Uh, Chris, did you acquire anything new to any part of your collection this week? I did, but I can't really talk about it because I'll be reviewing it on my YouTube channel. That's but awesome. It is. Yeah, really... we need to bridge in that. Yeah. It, it, so it, if you want to see Chris's local hall, it is. Uh, what's the name of your channel? Just go to type in Vintomania and it'll be Rewind Retro Episode 2, which I hope to record later on after doing this. Nice. Dude, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what you got because I'm a subscriber of Vintomania and uh, always enjoy watching all of your YouTube uh, awesomeness. Rick, um, can, can, can I move on and just speak mine before you decimate me again with your amazing hey, there, there's hall there's no decimation get. here go go right ahead there, there is decimation compared to um i i don't have local hall i have ebay hall that there is uh rick i think i sent you the proper link this final time it's a uh, dusty addicts comics or whatever and this gentleman posts uh maybe like a hundred comics once a week 
He puts no reserve on them and just lets them go. It, and it's really fun because you throw some super low bids out there and you never know what you're going to get. And this week, for I think the most expensive one I paid was $3.25. I got the Scotty Young variant for X-Men uh, number one, Civil War two. I uh, was able to pick up a reprint of Amazing Spider-Man 129 signed by Jerry Conway, which is pretty friggin' awesome. Uh, considering I've never even read this book, I'm excited to read this book. And even though it's a Marvel milestone, you know, it, it's something I haven't owned and I'm, I look forward to it. But finally, uh, um, I was able to pick up a Daredevil 182 that is in pretty good condition. Rick, I think I'm going to hit you up for a pressing because the corners all look wonderful. There's just a little bit of a fluctuation in the, uh, the front cover that probably needs a good press to smooth that out. And uh, this is actually one that I may send in just for grading because it looks great. And not to mention, I love this cover. With, you know, Daredevil hugging Elektra's grave. And uh, not to mention the storyline that this this book leads into is pretty dark for Daredevil. And I really enjoy it. And that's that's all I got this week. Sorry, uh, Sean. See, with the Marvel Milestones, do you collect those? No, I don't. Oh, right, okay. It's just with you saying that I was a Marvel Milestone one. I didn't know if you collect them or anything. No, uh, it, it was, it's actually the... I think it's a... First or second? No, it's the second Marvel Milestone I ever owned. Um, I have a Marvel Milestone for Giant Size X-Men number one. And then now I have this one for ASM 129. Cool. Well, All right, Rick. I I have a local guy that uh, I I helped out this week. And he let me uh, get first, first grab at some books. Uh... There was a, a really good one in there. Now, of course, I, I don't want to brag because it's in horrible condition. It's not something I'd send in and frame, but God, I'm glad to have it. It is Marvel Premiere number one, uh, the issue that him becomes Warlock for the first time. He's uh, And it's got Thor and Hulk on the cover. Ugh. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it was just sitting here in this guy's stack. So, yeah, I, I now own Marvel Premiere number one. Very happy to have that. Especially, you know, with Guardians of the Galaxy 3 going to have Warlock in it. And, you know, we're taught, we're already almost to Infinity Gauntlet. Um, just just a great find. I, I can't tell you how happy I am to have that. Um, and it was for $1.50. Um, <laughs> you son of a bitch. I also, for $1.50, got uh, Amazing Spider-Man Annual 11. Came out in 77. I was a year old. Um, and I've, there's two other copies of this book in, in Batesville. And they, they're all uh, $10 and, and $20. Uh, but I got it for $1.50, so that's pretty cool. Um, I got something I, I didn't know I wanted. <clears throat> but in, in this stack also was a DC Weird Mystery number 2. Weird Mystery Tales, which doesn't sound like... It's one of those books you just skip over normally, but since I was looking at all these books and pricing them for the guy, uh, this is Jack Kirby artwork. On the cover, it's not... Jack, the story Ooh. Jack Kirby does in here is not the cover story. It's the first story in the book, uh, but it's just in there. I was like, what? <laughs> so it's like a 10, 15 pages of Jack Kirby, and then it tells this story about the Titanic. Uh, and it's a beautiful cover. It's um, it's not in super great condition. It's got a few marks on the spine, but the colors just pop on the front. It's that old '70s, um, you know, the black, but they've they've colored over the black, and it, it has this just this look to it, and it looks really great. This would be something really nice on a wall, um, just for uh, uh, craps and giggles. Rom number one. Not not a great condition, nice. but Rom the Space Knight number one. That's awesome. Yeah, which I mean, he has a new series out uh, with IDW, 
and currently crossing over yeah. with Transformers, by the way. And uh, an, another one. Now, there are certain books uh, in collecting that you just see and you go, what were they thinking? <laughs> there, I have Incredible Hulk versus Quasimodo, number one. <laughs> what? The bells. Uh, yes. Awesome. And I have no idea why, but it's one of those books that, you know, you're looking through a collection or you're looking through a price guide and you see a picture of this and go, what? What is this? Like, Wait, another, the... one, another one I would say is like Quest Probe. You Until, if you don't look it up and when you didn't have the internet, you're like, what the hell is Quest Probe? That really Wait, sounds the... like something that is South Park or something that really does. <laughs> yes. I need to know, like, does Quasimodo have super strength? Does he have, like, beefy arms, you know? And, and do, like, uh, power punch or I something? I haven't read it, but it's it's kind of Please ridiculous. read it. I will Please do, read it I will, and give us a review I next week. I thought about doing a review. It's kind of nuts. Um, next up on uh, Not-So-Southern Gentleman is Read Along with Ricky. <laughs> Oh, it would be so awesome. Now, I've, oh, I'm i not a huge fan of Marvel reprints. Um, I've got a couple. But um, he also had Fantasy Masterpieces number 8. Now, this is the reprinting of Silver Surfer, the, uh, the early Silver Surfer run. Uh, kind of neat. I, I'd never had one of those. I got some, a lot, a lot. I'm talking... Let me see here. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twenty. About about twenty Power Man and Iron Fist issues. Now these are late run, uh, not not good art. Uh, just have them to have them issues. You know, not worth anything. But you know, I took them off the guy. He felt bad not uh, for me doing this work for him, and so he just gave them to me. So I, I've got a bunch of late run Power Man, Iron Fist, and a crappy Avengers that I didn't have. Avengers two fifty one. But yeah, uh, big haul this week. That is awesome. That's like two weeks in a row. You're rolling, dude. Uh, keep the hot hand, and I'm excited to see what you can keep on picking up. But All right. Uh, well, do what? Oh, I, I was going to say, uh, on the next thing, I've got something to uh, say about your Have You Seen It? Okay, uh, my Have You Seen It? Uh, the only reason I watched it is because this past Friday was Friday the 13th, and, uh, you know, I, I'd text my wife early in the day, and I was like, we tonight, we watch a, uh, you know, uh, a Friday the 13th-style film. We, we need to watch a horror movie, and she's like, all right. So I uh, get home and watch Freddy versus Jason, which she had never seen, which made it even better because this is one of the best horrible films ever and, and that's the reason on my notes i put you know uh freddy versus jason you know i don't know where to put this is this a, have you seen it is this a don't see it i i don't know it's it's all in the eye of the beholder with this one because how many times do you get to see you know icons of horror actually get to duke it out you know th this isn't a what if comic this is a what if movie and for somebody that grew up loving Freddy Krueger and loving uh, Jason Voorhees, this was the ultimate throwdown film, and I, I, I freaking love this one. And not to mention, Rick, it has uh, your boy in it, Mr. Mister Gary Chalk himself, correct? Yeah, he's the sheriff, and, uh, you know, this was the first time I saw Sean after his... Or not after, like as a person of military uh, uh, intelligence, we watched this movie when you were in Biloxi. <laughs> yes, yes, I was gonna bring up the fact that we went and seen this together in Biloxi, and the audience was quite hyped that night. <laughs> uh, as far as a movie going experience, it was it was pretty horrendous. There was uh, you know hooping and hollering and yelling going on during the theater there was popcorn being thrown it was it was a once in a lifetime experience and i will never forget seeing this movie in the theater it was just a great one now now chris not being a fan of horror have 
Have you seen it? I have not <laughs> seen it. Jason. I have seen the actors that play Freddy and Jason at uh, conventions, uh, but I haven't met them. My friend Robbie met them because he's a fan of this. And uh, the guy who plays Jason, I think, accidentally put a hole in his poster while he was signing it, which was nice. nice. Uh, but Aww. no, I have not seen it. And uh, <gasps> according to the show notes, it said somewhere, do not see this. So... I'm not going to see this. Just to make sure oh. that I was paying attention to the show notes, which I was. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, man, I've never been to a show where Robert England has been. I, I would love to meet him. Uh, I'm not sure who was playing Jason during this Freddy vs. Jason. That I don't know either. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed both, you know, all, all the Freddy movies, all the Jason movies. Obviously, there... There is a huge amount of cheesiness that goes into these both series of movies, especially once they both get farther along. The, the farther from that original story you get, the more cheesiness you get, you know. And this was just a culmination of all of it. And, you know, it, it, this is one of the first movies that I think was brought about by the fans. The fans wanted to see this, wanted to see this, because, you know, at the end of Jason Goes to Hell, whoever had that crazy idea, you know, you get to, you're panning over, you're zooming in on Jason's mask, laying in the dirt, and it's all covered, and then all of a sudden, here comes Freddy's hand, and you hear Freddy's laugh, and it pulls that mask down, and everybody was like, what? Are, are we going to get a Freddy versus Jason movie? And I think they took that hype and they brought it to a whole new level. Uh, Freddy versus Jason. I I enjoy it. It's got a ton of cheesiness in it. But, I mean, how many times do you get to see a wannabe Jay ride in the back of the van and be like, man, that goalie was pissed about something. It was Ken Cur- It was Ken Kersinger who played Jason. But did you know, because I went on IMDb to find this out, that one month before Freddy vs. Jason's premiere, a weigh-in over at Bally's Las Vegas Hotel on the odds of winning for the two movie serial killers. So they had a weigh-in of Freddy vs. Jason <laughs> at Las Vegas. That is awesome. I think oh, I remember so that Vegas. being on the news, now that you and say that, it. That is awesome. That actually gets a higher rating than the actual movie itself does. <laughs> The way in gets an eight point two, and the movie gets a five point five. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, dude, that is awesome! I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of cheesy movies, so uh, it, it it was very, very enjoyable to me. Okay, uh, I I have a, a a cheesy movie for you that I would like you to maybe do at one stage down the road, whether you've seen it now, whether you have. Have you ever seen a film called Action Jackson with Carl Weathers? Absolutely. Are yes. you kidding me? That oh, is one of the cheesiest movies I have ever seen in my life. I love it for how cheesy it is, but I would love you guys to talk about that at some stage. Oh my goodness, dude. Action Jackson. I that love movies. I actually met Carl Weathers and instead of getting assigned Rocky, no word of a lie, I will take a picture and send it to you at some stage. I got him to sign the DVD of Action Jackson. Nice. See, I, I was like, I would have been predator, like, but yeah. Yeah, I was just like, oh, this movie's so cheesy. It's just like, you know, even on the back, it's like, name Jericho Jackson, and they've got a weapon. You're looking at him. And it's just like, oh my God, and Sharon Stone's in this movie as well. I keep forgetting about that. Uh, but that's just so funny. Action, like, uh, Action Jackson ranks in those 80 movies like Commando. <laughs> you know, it's that oh, it's around yeah. that time. It's not quite um, a Predator or or uh, uh, you know a movie of that tier. It's just one of those video store rentals. This is an action movie. Yeah, and it has Biff from Back to the Future in it as well. It's like, oh my god, you keep forgetting these things too. That is so exciting. I, I yeah, I need to rewatch it and then definitely uh maybe we need to have you back on and then we can have uh, a nice discussion about how awesomely horrible action jackson is yep i would love that oh, well you can find on social media you can find me at maynard 98 on twitter uh maynard 98 on instagram i'm doing my best to uh upload pictures of 
the comics that I have. I have some family photos on there as well. You're more than welcome to join in and check out the Instagram. You can find both Rick and I on Twitter at NotSoSouthernGs. You can find me at Ricky Westbrook on Twitter. You can search NotSoSouthernGentleman on Facebook. You can search NotSoSouthernGentleman on Instagram. Uh, and Chris... What contact info do you want Where? out in the ether? Yeah, so you can catch me on social media, Vento316 on Twitter, Vento316 on Instagram, uh, Ventomania on YouTube. And as I was saying, that there was a funny story, Ricky, where um, whenever we were doing our test call earlier in the week, uh, I hung up and thought I was still in the conversation between you and Sean. Turned out I hadn't turned the podcast off that I was listening to from you guys. So I was kind of stuck in a quandary. I was just like, why am I still in this conversation? call and I signed out of Skype, I can still oh, it's the podcast video. <laughs> so yeah, so there it is for everyone to listen to, but thank you both so much for having me on. Um, anytime you guys want me back on, let me know and I will do my best to be available and uh, I've really enjoyed podcasting with you too and you can see now why you have reached, you know, like near enough 80 episodes and uh, here's to many more from you guys. Thank you so much and we, we'll we can't wait for your videos to come out. Cool. Oh yeah, Thank man! I, I look forward to those each and every time they come out. I got notifications set for your YouTube channel that when uh, when you pop that uh, uh, produce, I'm like, yes, there's another <laughs> one. It's a good one. Uh, so, Chris, thank you for being our first guest. Uh, I, I hate that we didn't have you on sooner, uh, and look forward to you being on again in the future. Best thing that wraps come- us up for the week. Uh, for Not So Southern Gentlemen, I'm Sean. I'm not Sean. Uh, I'm Chris. Y'all have a great week. Bye.